This is the J.P. Maroney Audio Vault. I've been building companies now for almost 30 years. And one thing I found in my own businesses as well as networking with, associating with other entrepreneurs as well as coaching and consulting a lot of entrepreneurs over the years is mentoring entrepreneurs is that a lot of us overlook opportunity. Um, you, if you've ever heard me talk in other videos, you've probably heard me talk about that sometimes entrepreneurs can get too much opportunity, right? So you're always chasing the next bright, shiny object. That's not what I'm talking about. Opportunity inside their existing business because a lot of times there's, there's cash, profit, you know, sales, revenue, sitting right under your nose and you're overlooking it because you get up every day, you go through the, the, the mechanics of running the business and what um, Michael Gerber talked about working in the business versus working on the business, right? We talked about that. And when you're doing that, you miss a lot of this stuff because it's, you're so close to it. You've ever heard people say the cliche of, you know, can't see the forest for the trees. It's very much like that. It's like when you're in the business, working in the business every day, it's sometimes easy to miss these profit opportunities. And so as I talked to entrepreneurs over the years, it was real simple for me from an outside perspective to pinpoint where these profit opportunities were and it, and it almost this checklist became like a go-to performance checklist or a, a profiling of a business to see where those opportunities might exist. And I've had entrepreneurs come to me and say, you know, I'm struggling right now. I'm having to borrow against my line of credit. I'm having to borrow money. Uh, you know, things aren't where they need to be. I'm trying to grow the business and I need more cash, need more cash. Businesses need cash to, to operate. And... Real quickly, for me, it's simple to go to a thing like this list and be able to use it almost for a money hunt and go and look for those hidden profit opportunities, those hidden overlooked assets in the business. Um, that's the, So I created a checklist that I could use and that other entrepreneurs could use as well. It's like an Easter egg hunt for entrepreneurs. So it's, it's, and it's true. And what's funny, okay, here's what's funny is that when you get into it, it seems really simple. You're like, well, duh, why didn't I see that, right? But the fact is, is that we're just so close to it and we have to take a step back or have somebody maybe come in and give us another set of eyes. But this is great for like a retreat, maybe to pull your top team members together, do a retreat, or if nothing else, do an offsite for one day. Go rent a boardroom at a hotel grab some you know, refreshments, drinks, and fruit, and veggies, and cookies, and donuts, or whatever. Pack them in that boardroom for a day. Get them away from what's going on in the mechanics of running the business on a day-to-day -day basis, and take something like this checklist, go down it item by item, and say, what are we missing? Okay, so if you have an existing business, you have an existing client base, but you wanna make more money from the existing business, one of the best things you can do is to sit down, look at your existing client base and not look at it as these are my customers or clients. Look at the list and begin to look for who are the best clients. You can look for things like the ones that produce the greatest amount of revenue, come back and purchase the most often, or the ones that give you the most referrals, that never complain or, you know, like you have these ideal clients. A lot of people look at their client list and they, they try to group everybody in together when if you 
and, and what's difficult about that is if you also want to go out and produce more business just like that, you it's hard to put a bead on who you're targeting because in almost every business, we have pockets of types of clients. But you also have your best clients, the ones that, that bring you the most revenue, they, they, they're easy to sell, they're, they trust you, they, they've, they've fallen in love with your product or your service. So look for those particular types of clients and cater to them. If you go back and look at Pareto principle, the 80-20 principle, and again, if you ever look at the Pareto principle, it's not that everything is always 80-20. It could be 90-10-70-30-95-5, you know, 98-2. I mean, but the idea behind the Pareto principle is that there are certain categories or areas that are smaller than all of the rest of it, but may outproduce all of the rest of it combined. And if you look at your client base that same way, very likely there's 10 or 20% of your client base that's producing 60, 70, 80% of your sales revenue or profits in your business. Look for those people and find ways to cater to them. So if you've already built a customer base, think about this, you've already spent money once. You've already expended that client acquisition cost. You generated the leads, you went through the conversion process, maybe you paid your salespeople for converting the sale, you paid commissions, all that. You got them in the door, got them on the phone, you got them in an appointment, you closed the deal. Got them on your website, you closed the sale. Now they're your customer, but then once you identify this category of customers that's of the highest productivity, focus on them with special care. And what you'll find is that you can actually multiply that. The next thing to that is to try to model those best clients and go find more people just like them. Okay, so you're an entrepreneur and you're on this money hunt. You're looking for these hidden profit opportunities in your business. One of the things is not necessarily look for more money, but look to spend less money or look to spend less money on things that aren't productive, right? So if you had an employee in your business and they weren't producing, what would you do? Either fix it or get rid of them, right? But in our marketing and advertising, I find entrepreneurs are throwing money. You know, it's like, oh, sling mud against the wall and see what sticks. Well, in the old days, before the internet and internet advertising, it was, it was possible, but a lot more challenging to track what worked, right? That's one of the things I love about the internet. In 2004, when I went full on and all in with the internet, that was one of the number one things that attracted me was that every click was measurable, every visitor trackable. I mean, you could you know who's coming to your website, and it's just gotten better over the last 10 years, 12 years or so. So here's the deal. Wally Waddle said many years ago, he said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just can't figure out which half, right? Well, in the internet, that's not actually true. You know what's working and what's not working. And so even in the offline world, if you're spending money on advertising and you're not putting a mechanic or a piece in that that makes that trackable, so like a coupon code or something they have to bring in or a certain phone number that they call, you can go to is it Twilio or whatever, you can go to services like that and get tracking phone numbers and have a different phone number on every ad that you put out in the market. So it's even in the offline space nowadays, there's almost nothing in terms of marketing or advertising that can't be tracked. Even if you think about referrals. So like if I was going to, 
um, asked my clients to give me referrals and I had an offline local business, I would give them gift certificates to give to their friends to bring in to get a certain amount of money off of the first time service or whatever. Why? Just because there's something physical? No, because I can track that. Then I can sit down and I can say, okay, this customer came in, this, they came in not only from a referral and from this person, but they also came in from a referral. So I know to invest more money in the, into that kind of marketing. Well, in the internet, you know, if we spend money on Facebook and people click through and then they went to this page and then they converted into a buyer or they converted into a lead, we got on the phone, we closed that sale, that's measurable, trackable. Well, the opposite of that is true. Look at your business. If you're spending $500 a month or $5,000 a month or $100,000 a month on advertising, whatever that number is, look at those ad dollars and look for what's working and look for what's not working. We go through this same process at Harbor City in, in Digital Ventures with how we've converted Legion into an investment asset class. We have a three-step process called test, scale, manage, right? So Testing is where we allocate a certain number of dollars every day for 10 days where we're testing, 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 testing. During that time, what happens is at the end of the first day, we may be able to look at that and go, oh, men responded to this ad, women didn't. Well, what are we going to do on the second day? We're going to eliminate or reduce the budget to the female audience, double down on the male audience, and go into the second day. At the end of the second day, we look and we say, guys over 45 are responding, guys under 45 are not responding. We're going to reduce or eliminate the lower end, double down on the upper end. And by pruning, you know, like my granddad, every spring he got out there and cut the holly bushes down and trimmed them and pruned them back. You're doing that with your advertising. You're eliminating the old and what doesn't work and you're doubling down on what does work, and you're gonna see exponential growth in your business. So not only do you eliminate expenses that are unproductive, but you actually put that money, deploy that money into things that are working, and it's huge. It, it creates immediate cash flow and can create a multiplying effect to your profits. All right, so you're an entrepreneur, you're on this money hunt, you're looking for hidden profits, you're looking for hidden sales, hidden revenue. Where do you look? Well, here's one of them, right? And that is stale inventory. This it's weird because I have I've had clients over the years that did this, but I can remember one in particular. I remember walking in his store, going with him down the hall to the back, and seeing these boxes in the hall, literally stacked up in the hall. And it never occurred to me what that might or might not be in the beginning. And a month or so into our consulting relationship, one day I was like, what's in the boxes? And he said, oh, it's whatever. And it was ended up being inventory that they had overbought. Like they went to a trade show or uh, whatever they, you know, where the product show. And they got something that caught their attention. And there it sat in the box. And they had not sold it. They hadn't sold all of it. There was a lot of it. Um, and, and I've seen entrepreneurs do this with physical products. Well, you ever watch the show The Prophet? I've seen him do the same thing. On, you know, uh, Marcus Lemonis, you know, do this. So, what the heck is all this stuff in this warehouse? Number one, it's mental clutter. Okay, like when you have that stuff sitting there and it's not selling, it's mental clutter in in several ways. One is it's a distraction because you're always thinking, why am I not doing something with this? And you're also it's defeating because you're reminding yourself of this quote unquote bad decision that you made to buy that. It's like, why the heck did I do that? I wasted this money. So it's, I've heard people talk about uh, like 
that, that give financial advice to individuals, retail level, you know, um, families. And they talk about the fact that if your home is messy, that there's a very good chance your finances are messy. There's a correlation between that. And it's, I, I, I see that if there's clutter in the business from this old inventory, there's, there's very good chance that, that that mindset is spilling over into the business. And you need to flush that out and clean that out. And it clears you mentally as well. But it also is a source of cash. It's a source of money. And you say, oh, well, if nobody's bought it before now, how can I get them to buy it? Well, there's all kinds of ways. To, number one, you could use that as a product that gets sold, but you could also use that as a loss leader. If it's just sitting there, you have to forget about what you paid for it. And you have to forget about what you thought you could get for it, retail-wise. What you have to think about is, what can I leverage it for? So, give you an example. I had a client that was a jewelry store, had a bunch of necklaces, these little sterling silver necklaces, and they had bought a ton of these necklaces. They weren't using them. We ran an ad in the paper. This is back old school days, but we ran an ad in the paper and said, the first 200 people or whatever that show up on Saturday are going to get this free necklace. And so I remember whenever my client called me and he was like, holy crap, it was like a new Apple phone came out. They were lined up. It was ridiculous. And people, and they had to bring in, remember tracking, right? So they had to bring in, they had to cut out the ad out of the newspaper and bring it in. He said, people are standing out there. They're like lined up. And, and I said, get videos, get pictures. And like we made a big deal out of it, but people came in the store. Well, tons of new revenue from all of these new customers. And it cost him nothing new, right? Because he had already spent those dollars getting that in. So that's one way to use it. Use it as a loss leader. Use it as a, a freemium or a free, free premium, whatever, to get them in the door. Another way is to use it as a bonus because something that doesn't have, maybe it's not clicking completely as a standalone product but has a perceived value might just be what it takes to tip people over the edge to buy a different product. So in that particular case, let's say that you had the necklaces. What if you said, buy a pair of earrings, get a necklace free, right? Free with every purchase of earrings, you know, sterling silver earrings. So think about that inventory as, can I blow it out by selling it cheap? Can I use it as something to get people in the door? Can I use it as a bonus? Can I use it? Reward your top, remember, we've talked about this in, in other videos about focusing on your best clients. What if you gave it as a gift to your best clients and just put it in a little priority envelope, cost you whatever, seven bucks to mail it out, mail it to your top 10, 20, 50, 100, 200 clients, and hey, I was thinking about you, we just wanted to share this with you, whatever, whatever, and then maybe put a gift certificate for them to come in and get something or call in or whatever. But that stale inventory has lots of different, I would challenge every entrepreneur with their team, we talked about you know like putting them in a boardroom or something like that, I would challenge every entrepreneur, if you've got stale inventory in your business, to get your team together and whiteboard or get one of those tear-off sheets, the easel tear-off sheets, and just say, hey guys, we're gonna, I'm providing donuts tomorrow morning. We're gonna take 20 minutes, 30 minutes before we open, and we're gonna brainstorm all the different ways that we could use this inventory and, and use the models and ideas I've thought of, but certainly you can come up with all sorts of ways that you could use that stale inventory. I wanna shift gears because we, we've talked about physical inventory, but if you're an entrepreneur, 
in the digital space, or if you're an entrepreneur, maybe you have a consulting practice or something like that, there is a very good chance that you have digital intellectual property that you're not leveraging. And I look at that a lot like I do stale inventory, is what can that be used for? In our own business, and we've been super, super guilty of this, um, 2013, let's roll back five and a half years ago, 2013, when I started Harbor City Capital and we started taking outside money and scaling this as an investment product or business, I had a ton, like over 50 info products, variety of different training programs, digital products that we basically put on a shelf in a vault and said, that's that, we're pursuing this. And for the last five and a half years, that stuff has driven me nuts. And we even have a guy now that is devoted, Jake and our team, that's devoted to taking a lot of that content and pushing it back out to the world, giving it away for free. But think about if you've spoken at a conference, if you've been interviewed, if you've written a white paper, if you've created a free report, if you've written a book, if you've created an info product, let's say, that you now haven't sold. I find, okay, so here's the deal. In the internet space, I find that a lot of entrepreneurs, digital entrepreneurs, do what we call a launch. They have this big peak of sales. And then six months later, it's sitting on the shelf and they've moved on and they're working on the next product. And what we miss a lot of times is that we only grabbed a fraction of the market and if we were to create what we call an evergreen funnel, which is a process that will sell that product 24 seven, 365 days a year, that that product could generate revenue. And if you, something that we've talked about before, if you took one product and launched it this, relaunched it this week, and next week or two weeks later launched another and then another and another, over time, cumul cumulatively, that's a lot of revenue, right? Because it stacks on it and it starts to build. But entrepreneurs launch these products, put them on the shelf, never do anything else with them again. It's time to take a look at those products and say, okay, is this something I should be giving away? Is it something I should be selling? Is it something that should be a bonus? Is it something that should be a gift with purchase? Is it something that I should use for an opt-in, like exchange for somebody's email address, email address, name, phone number, whatever you're trying to get people to register for. Look at those digital products or digital assets, those information pieces and see what can I do to use those and leverage those growing our business, increasing our sales, getting more new customers in the door. And um, everybody that's in our space, in the digital space, info marketing space, author, coach, teacher, consultant, has these things sitting there. It's time to take a look at them and see what can you do with them. So you're building a business, you're an entrepreneur, you're trying to find more cash, more profit opportunities in your business. Sometimes, it's not a matter of looking out there in the business to find those hidden profit opportunities. It's looking in here and what you have in your head, your knowledge. And what I find a lot of times is that entrepreneurs overlook the fact that what they know, there are other people who would pay for the privilege to learn what they know. Um, this weekend, I'm going to Seattle for a mastermind. And I'm going there very specifically to learn about and talk with other guys who run really high volume lead generation campaigns. It's what we do in our business. But the guy that's putting that on is selling his knowledge. That's, that's all that is, is just taking his experience and putting a price tag on that. 
And I find that even businesses that sell a physical product or service, um, local service business or whatever, have knowledge that other people in their industry, in other markets, like the next town over or next state over or across the country, would be willing to pay to learn that. So think about this. Let's say that you've been building your, I'm going to make it up, but let's say that you've been building your commercial furniture installation business. You've been putting in modular things. And I'm going to use this example for a specific reason because I had a client that did this. So you've been putting in like cubicles and all this kind of stuff. And you've come up with a way to do your business, run your business, that is more successful and more profitable than any of your peers. And you go to your conferences every year, your industry expos and trade shows and all that. And when your colleagues, your peers find out about what you're doing in your business, they're all wanting to grab coffee with you and pick your brain and find out what it is that you're doing. Well, it's one level to give away that knowledge. And that's fine. Mentoring is great. My mission statement, make money, make memories, make a difference. Make a difference. Part of that is mentoring other up and coming entrepreneurs, helping other people figure out how to do some of the things that I did. That's, that's fine. But there comes a point where you go, wait a minute, there's so many people coming to me and asking me, this just might be worth selling this knowledge or this information. And so you have to think about, I had a client that was in the, um, commercial floor installation, they, they put in carpet tiles and stuff. And in, the, in the, the previous days, the way that the industry would do it is they'd go in and they'd rip out all these cubicles and then they'd put the flooring in and then they'd have to reinstall all these cubicles. It was very labor intensive. He figured out a jack system for jacking up the cubicles and invented this little process for jacking up the cubicles and then being able to go in and lay the carpet underneath and then drop the cubicles back down. Once he had identified this, that, oh, this fixed my problem, then he took that same process and sold it to other people in his industry in other markets and, and created a whole new revenue stream around that. And that's why entrepreneurs have to think about that. And, and the way to sort of start to identify that is if you have people constantly asking you how to do something, that you're really good at, how to get more clients, how to make more money, how to identify opportunities, how to cut cost in the business, how to hire people. Like if all your peers are coming to you, man, you have the greatest team. How do you hire these people? How do you, where do you find them? How do you lead them? How do you manage them? What's your process? Well, maybe that's something, a piece of knowledge that could be packaged. And the easiest way, one of the things that I, I talk about with people, one of the easiest is to start with some kind of a coaching or mentoring process. And you don't have to be real like detailed with it in terms of like, oh, we gotta have all these pretty pieces of paper and everything. If you can write down your process into steps and then you can lead somebody through that process and because of it, they're more successful, they make more money, they save more money, they're happier, they produce better results and they're willing to exchange money then now you've got another revenue stream. I often t talk about the fact that coaching or consulting, if you want to really demystify the process, coaching or consulting is simply getting somebody, taking somebody from where they are to where they want to be and charging them for that process. That's it. And so if it's a matter of, you know, you opened up a notebook and you wrote, step one, do this. Step two, do this. And so then you're working with a client 
and you say, week one, we're going to go through step one. And you get on the phone with them and you walk them through step one or they come in your office or whatever. Week two, step two. Week three, step three. Well, if they make an extra $100,000 this year or half a million or a million or they 10x their business as a result of that, do you think it was worth charging them for that? Of course. And so entrepreneurs, whether you're trying to be an info marketer, you know, and you want to package your knowledge, or you're in running just a brick and mortar, you know, meat and potatoes kind of business, I guarantee you there are things that you know that other people would be willing to pay for the privilege to learn. Figure out a way to package that and sell that, and you'll create a whole new opportunity in revenue. You've been listening to the J.P. Maroney Audio Vault.